Well, if you have your Bibles, turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. And I have been speaking about the family, and what I've recognized is that whenever I speak about a certain portion of the family, a segment of the family, you know, people go, well, you know, I'm not a dad, I'm not a mom, I'm not a son or daughter. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is when I speak to a certain segment of people in the congregation, in a certain segment of the family, it benefits the whole family. If I encourage the moms, the whole family benefits from it. If I encourage the dads, the whole family benefits. If I talk to the young people and the children, the whole family. So I want to talk to you, obviously, today about dads. Happy Father's Day. Let's give the fathers a big hand. Amen. And I'm reading from Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. And it says, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, we've got some MVP dads in the room, and I want to give away a special prize to an MVP dad. So here's what we're going to do. If you have more than three children with you in the service today, stand up. More than three children in the service today with stand up. More than three. All right? We've got one, two, three. If you've got more than three children, if you've got more than four children, keep standing. More than four. Oh, 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 oh. More than five. We got a winner right here. Come on up. Come on up. No, no, four. What do you have? Yeah, how many do you have? Four. And how many do you have? Four? All right. The, uh, who was standing up? Oh, I saw somebody say, uh, how many do you have? Four? All right, stand up. You have four, you said? Okay. All right, so when, okay, others have more than four? Wow, there's a couple of them. Give them a big hand. Amen. More, how many, so how many do you have? Four. How many do you have? Four. How many do you have? Four. All right, okay, so whose birthday is closest to today, all right? So uh, if you have a birthday in June, remain standing. If you have a birthday in June, remain standing. Uh, if you have a birthday in July, stand up. They, oh, look at it. Look at it. <laughs> this brother, he's standing up anyway. <laughs> all right. All right. So we've got two right here. How many children do you have in church? None? Okay. Please sit down because we'll get you a hot dog after the service. We'll get you a hot dog after the service. All right, so July, what's, what's your birthday? 29th, what's your birthday? Oh, my brother, come on down, come on down. Come on down. All right, so, so I've got two things for you. I, I've got a baseball that's signed from a professional athlete, Daryl Strawberry, just for you. All right, come on down here. Come on, come on, come on. Now, now I'm going to ask you some questions, so come right up here, all right? The first question I'm going to ask you, and you better get this right or you don't get the ball, who is your favorite baseball team? Yankees. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute, brother. Brother, you're standing on a platform in church before God Almighty, and, and unless you were speaking in tongues, 
I, I, I saw an M starting to come out first. And then you changed and went to, yeah, no, I'm just kidding, all right. Now, and also, my brother, we've got a baseball bat, and this baseball bat says NVP Dad, Joshua 1-9, and I could have gotten it signed by professional athletes, but I decided to get it signed by the pastors of the church, and they've written something for you so that it could be just for you. Amen? God bless you guys. God bless you, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. MVP dad. All right. So this morning I want to talk to you dads for a few moments because dad, I know you know this already, but I want to remind you that you are vitally important to your family. You are vitally important to your family because statistics will tell you that the truth is that your children's well-being, your children's self-esteem, your children's way of seeing things is shaped and formed much by the way you live your life and the things that you do for your children. Fathers are central to the emotional well-being of their children, and they are capable caretakers and disciplinarians. Studies show that if you as a father are affectionate, supportive, involved, and you contribute greatly to your children's cognitive language and social development as well as academic achievement and strong inner core resource and sense of well-being, self-esteem and authenticity, your children have a great chance of growing up being whole and strong and courageous. So the truth is we know, Dad, that you are important to your entire family. You are the MVP of your family. Let me tell you, Dad, you are a mighty man of God. You are victorious in the grace of Jesus, and you are powerful in prayer. N-V-P. You are the most vital, important player on the team. You are your family's high priest, and every single day you go to the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer, and you intercede for your family. Like Job, you cry out to God for your children. Like Job, you go before God, and you pray for God's protection and blessing on your children. You are their protector. You are their provider. You are their provision in the sense that you provide the word of God to them. You are that spiritual warrior that goes to battle for your family and every day MVP dad you suit up you put on the breastplate of righteousness why because you know that the righteousness of Christ becomes yours by the grace of God you put on the belt of truth you live the truth out every day of your life you put on the helmet of salvation every single day you take up the shield of faith why because you're a man of faith. You live by faith. You walk by faith. You, you're married by faith. You're a father by faith. You do everything that you need to do by faith because the righteous man of God will live by faith. Your feet are fitted with the gospel. You're dependent not on your own righteousness, but you're solidly planted on the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As Paul the apostle said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto 
salvation. And lastly, and most importantly, you always pray in the Holy Spirit on all occasions for your children. You are your family's most valuable player, and you are a valiant warrior of God. Now, I want to tell you that some preachers would say, don't put all the pressure on the dads. Don't put all this pressure on who they are or, they ho or who they should be. But I'm telling you today that I am not going to dummy down this message. If God was with Joshua and if God commanded Joshua to be strong and courageous, if God made a promise to Joshua that wherever he would go, he would prosper and be blessed, if God told Joshua to lead his family, and if Joshua said, as for me, and my family, we will serve the Lord, then the same God that was with Joshua will be with you today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I'm not intending in any way to dummy down this message because you have the seed of greatness on the inside, Dad. You are a great dad, a godly dad, and God is with you wherever you go. And so God says to Joshua, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Don't be terrified and don't be discouraged for the Lord is with you. See, God calls every father to be courageous and strong, putting God first. The Bible tells us a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and, and they will be one. And, and, the, and the father will put God and his family first in their life. I have a t-shirt. It says God first, family second, Yankees third. But the truth is even MVPs get weary and tired. Even MVPs get knocked down. Ask Andy Pettit who went through a difficult time and came back, reemerged, reinvented himself to become one of the longest lasting great pitchers in baseball. How about CC Sabathia? Last year, everybody was saying, get rid of him. He's done. He's finished. And he's got, he's having his, his, one of his greatest years this year because he was able to come back. He reinvented himself, and he's a great pitcher. God calls us to go through seasons in our life, seasons of fire, seasons of trials. And God tells Joshua, listen, I know that you're going to face some discouragement in your life, some things that are going to scare you half to death. But listen, don't be afraid. Be a man of courage and conviction and boldness because I'm going to be with you wherever you go. So this afternoon, I want to entitle this message, How to Be an MVP Dad in the Worst of Times. You see, because the truth is, it's easy to be an MVP dad in the best of times. But it's when we're going through trials in our life, when we're going through fiery situations in our life, where we're being tested, that's going to prove whether or not we're going to be the MVP of our family. And Jesus told us that we're going to go through trials. He said, you're going to have different situations and circumstances. Many are the adversities and trials of the righteous, but God delivers us out of them all. He said, you will face all kinds of, be of good cheer. I have overcome the evil one. James says, consider it pure joy when you encounter all kinds of trials of your faith because it's making you a mature man of God, a mature.
mature. M for mature, a victorious, V for victorious, prayer warrior who knows how to get a hold of God in the most difficult times of their life. And Peter says, don't think that these trials have come of all kinds that are strange to you. Listen what he says. I want, I want, I want you to listen to Peter. He said, dads, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you as though some strange thing is happening to you but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering that when his glory is revealed you may also be glad with exceeding glad he tells us exactly why we face trials in our life he said these trials will show your faith that it is genuine it is being tested as fire tests and purify gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You see, I'm deeply convinced this afternoon that God wants you to be a great dad, an MVP dad. And I'm also convinced that you love your children. You love your family. You love your God. And you want to do what is right. But the truth is sometimes the battle gets intense. Sometimes the temptation gets so really hard. Hey, listen, all of us men are tempted. And maybe you're tempted to run. Maybe you're tempted to throw in the towel. Maybe you're tempted to just kind of coast through life. Maybe you're tempted to disconnect from your family, unplug from your family. You're there physically, but mentally, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, you're not there. You're tempted. Maybe you're tempted sexually. Whatever it is, man, there's a battle going on. Why? Because you represent God the Father as a father. And you are very important and vital. And the enemy knows that. And he's going to come against you. There's a lot of pressure on dads. I know. I understand that. I'm a dad. I'm a grandfather. Everybody say, you look too young to be a grandfather. Come on, come on, come on. Make, 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 come on. make me feel good. Ready? One, two, three. You just all lied in church. Shame on you. But not only am I a father and a grandfather, but I'm also a pastor. I'm the father of this house. And not only that, but I'm the father of several other churches and church planters. And so, so there's a lot of pressure. And sometimes you can get weary and tired in doing good. That's why the Bible tells us, let us not become weary in doing good. Because in the right time, you will reap what you have sown. And sometimes you just simply get exhausted because the weight, the work, the intense pressure we experience all around us. After all, there's a lot of people that are depending on us. But this afternoon, I want to I show you four MVP dads in the Bible. We're just going to do this really quick. Because there are, there are dads in the Bible that were just as human as you and I. They face the same difficulty that we face in our life. And, and you know what? The thing about the Bible that is so powerful is, and so reliable and authentic is that the Bible never glosses over man's sinfulness. Do you ever notice that? I mean, the Bible calls Abraham, and Abraham, sometimes he lies. Moses has a bad temper. David commits adultery and murder. You know, you look at these guys in the Bible. Peter, he denies Christ. So on and on you see people that are human beings. Jacob is a supplanter. He wrestles with the angel. And the Bible tells us that the angel says, what's your name? And, and Jacob says, uh, I'm a liar. I'm a cheat. And, and, and the Lord changes his name from liar and cheat to, to prince with God. 
And so when we look at the scriptures, God doesn't gloss over man's sinfulness, but God uses human beings that struggle with temptations. They they get tempted at times and and they get tired at times. As as you see in the scriptures, even Elijah, after he had a great victory in his life, he got so discouraged that he wanted to die. He sat under the tree and he just wanted to die. He was so discouraged. And so as we look at the scriptures and we look in the, in the Old and New Testament, we find some dads that were human beings that struggle, but we find that they're still MVP dads because they did something right. The grace of God was on their life. Dad number one is found in Genesis chapter 6. His name is Noah. It was so cool in the first service. I preached about Noah. And then this young family, Kevin and Belle, they came forward and they had a little baby in their hand. They had just had a baby and they wanted me to pray for the baby. I said, what's the baby's name? And they said, Noah. I thought that was so awesome. But Noah is a, is a, is a human being. He struggles as we understand, but yet he's considered an MVP. Let's, let's look at the story for a moment. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 6. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit will not strive with man forever for he indeed is flesh yet his day shall be 120 years. And there were giants on the earth in those days also afterwards. That's why I went from the jets to the giants because the giants were in the Bible. And when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw, listen, then the Lord saw the wickedness of men was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of their hearts were only to do evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both men and beasts, creeping things and birds of the earth. For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Wow. Say that with me. But, but Noah found grace. Some of you are just like. Let's say it together. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's the secret. Gentlemen, I want you to know today that God is going to ask you to do some difficult things in your life. And sometimes you're going to get weary and tired. And sometimes you're going to wonder Is it worth it all? And in this story, we find that that God creates man, and now God is actually being merciful to the future of mankind. And the Bible says that God's going to wipe the face of the earth. But he says to Noah, Noah, I want you to be a preacher of righteousness, and I want you to build an ark. And I want you to build that ark for your family. It's an ark of safety. It's an ark where your family can come in and and experience the presence of God Almighty. It's an ark where they can know that no matter what's happening on the outside, storms are raging, beating against the ark. But as long as you're inside the ark of God, you and your family will be safe. And the Bible tells us that Noah became a, a worker of righteousness, a prophet of righteousness. And every day he would suit up. Every day he'd take his hammer and his nails 
house and he'd go out and he'd preach repentance. And the Bible tells us for a hundred years, Noah preached repentance. And listen, there were many people who probably thought that Noah was crazy, that Noah was insane. Why? Because Noah was obeying God. It's not going to rain. God's not going to pour judgment. Week after week, year after year, for a hundred years, Noah did the right thing. And I'm going to tell you right now. In fact, I want to tell you that I, I met somebody just a few moments ago outside of the sanctuary and I said, you're a great dad. And the dad turned to me and he said, man, I needed to hear that right now. I needed to hear that I'm a great dad. He said, because sometimes it gets really hard. And I said, guess what? It doesn't get easier. It gets harder. And he looked at me and I said, let me tell you, you better recognize one thing that until you die and go to heaven, it's going to be hard on this earth to be a man of God. But one day at a time, if you find the grace of God in your life, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And you got to suit up. You got to realize it's going to be hard. But with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. And every day Noah got up one day at a time. And he preached righteousness. And they thought he was crazy. And dad, they're going to think you're crazy. They're going to think you're crazy. One wife forever. Being faithful to your family. That you put your family before anything else. That you come to church and you raise your family in the things of the Lord. That they're going to think you're crazy that you went to church today on Father's Day. You should be doing whatever you want to do. But no, you're an MVP dad. You understand how important it is. You understand how vital it is for your kids to be in church. You understand how vital it is for you to model before your kids what it is to be a man of integrity. A man of character. A man that comes to church. A man that worships God. And I'm here to tell you today even though the hard the work will become hard God will give you strength one day at a time all the all the fathers in the house would you just stand right now would you please all the fathers in the house and I want you to pray this prayer with me God thank you that I get to do the work of the kingdom God thank you that even though the work is hard You'll give me strength one day at a time. Lord, I want to find grace in your eyes. I receive your grace. I receive your strength. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. You'll be seated. MVP dad number two is Abraham. Now time is going, so let me tell you the story. I won't read much, but... The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 22, and to really get the whole picture, you got to read the whole thing. So, Dad, go home and read it. But, but let, me just, let me just read just a few verses real quick. It says this, now it came to pass that after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Oh, my goodness. I can't even begin to wrap my mind around what God just told Abraham to do. I can't even begin to comprehend why God would say that. We know that God is not a God who permits human sacrifice. We also know that God never intended for Abraham to go through with it. 
But the Bible tells us, listen to me, the Bible tells us sometime after these things, God tested Abraham. That's important. It's context. Context is king. So what were all those things that happened? I'll tell you what happened. Abraham's a young man. God comes to Abraham, tells Abraham, Abraham, look up at the stars. Look up, look, look at the sand and, the, and every grain of sand on the seashore. He said, Abraham, I'm going to use you. He said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations, and the world is going to be blessed through you. Fathers in the house today, I'm going to tell you something prophetically. The world is going to be blessed through you. Your world's going to be blessed because you're in that world. Hallelujah. People at work are going to be blessed because of you. Hallelujah. Your family is going to be blessed because of you. Your neighborhood and community is going to be blessed because of you. God gives a promise to Abraham. He says, Abraham, if you obey me and follow me, you're going to have more sons and daughters. You're going to have so many sons and daughters that they're going to call you Father Him. Abraham, they're going to even make a song up for you. Father Abraham had many sons. He said, so if you obey me and do what I tell you to do, I'm going to bless you. So Abraham follows and obeys God. But the Bible tells us that God made Abraham wait a long, 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 long time till Abraham's an old man. Let me tell you, Father, God is going to put a dream in your heart. He's going to put a vision in your spirit. You follow that vision. You follow that dream. You be obedient to God. God is going to bless you and bless your children and bless their children because that's what the word of the Lord says. The blessing of the Lord comes upon you and to your children to the thousandth generation. Glory to God. You are going to be a blessing to the world and a blessing to your family. The Bible says sometime later, now Abraham has a son after a long time. And Abraham now is rejoicing at the promise of God. God is a way maker. God makes a way where there is no way. He's a promise keeper. Even if it takes your whole lifetime, God makes a promise and he keeps his promise. And now Abraham has a son. His name is Isaac. Sometime later, Abraham now is rejoicing. Abraham is having a great time with his son. He's going to the baseball game. He's only going to the Yankees because they're the best team in all the world. He's enjoying his son. Can you imagine for a moment? He's enjoying the blessings of God. Every time he looks at his son, he thinks, my God is faithful to his promises. But now Abraham recognizes that he still has to obey God every step of the way. And Isaac is not a little baby. How do I know that? Because Isaac asks the father when they're going up the mountain, where is the sacrifice? Isaac is a young man. And now that Isaac is a young man and Abraham has what he wants, the Bible says sometime after these things happened, father recognized this one thing. When the victory comes, there's another test on its way. You have to make sure that you're on your guard at all times because there's going to be another test. And that's okay because God is putting you through these tests to make you a great MVP dad. 
And sometimes later, God says to Abraham, Abraham, take your son, your only son, and take him up to the mountain and sacrifice him on the altar. And the Bible says early in the morning, early in the morning before Abraham could change his mind, there are going to be times when God tells you to do something. It doesn't make sense to anyone. But you know that God told you to do something and to be obedient. And it takes faith and grace to be obedient to God when God tells you to do something you cannot understand. As the Bible says, we're to trust in the Lord with all our heart and not lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he'll make our path straight. And while Abraham is walking up that mountain and his young son is with him, his son says, Dad, I see the fire and I see the wood, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham says, Son, I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know when it's going to happen and how it's going to be done, but God God is going to provide. Jehovah Jireh is going to provide for you and for me. God is able to do what is impossible for man to do. And Abraham still goes up to the mountain and the Bible says the angel of the Lord stays the hand of Abraham and God says now I know and you know that you're willing to put me first. You see it's not, it's not so easy to be an MVP dad. In this world, it gets a lot harder when God asks you to lay something down that you love so much. But the only way that you could truly be an MVP dad is when God comes first. God first, family second, Yankees third. MVP dad number three. We found two in the Old Testament. We find one in the, the New Testament. MVP dad number three, let me give you the story. Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. He busts out of himself. He is glorified on that mountain of transfiguration. Peter says to Jesus, amen, this is good. Let's stay up here. This is a great place. And Jesus says to Peter, no, we got to go back into the valley where the need is, where their people are. And they come down into the valley, and as they're walking through the crowd, a man comes to Jesus. And I don't know, maybe he's got the boy in his arms, maybe he's dragging the boy, but he comes to Jesus, and he's tired, he's beleaguered, he's discouraged, he's disillusioned, and he comes to Jesus, and he says to Jesus, Jesus, my son has been demon-possessed for many years. I've watched my son be tormented. I've watched my son go through some pain in my life. And Jesus, here's the truth. If I could take the pain myself, I would take it myself. And man, as a father, I'm telling you, there's nothing more painful. I know in my own personal life, when my daughters are going through something, I say, God, give it to me. Don't let them walk through this. And this father's tired and he's discouraged. And he says, I asked your disciples to cast this demon out of this boy because I love him so much, but your disciples could not do it. And Jesus said, you of little faith. He said, this generation has little faith. This kind does not come out without prayer and fasting. And then he turned to the man and he said, but do you believe that I can do this for you? And the man said, God, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus, I'm tired and I'm weary and all I have is 
a mustard seed of faith. I've got a little faith. That's all I have. And bless God today, I'm telling you, Dad, that maybe you're in this room and you've gone through some difficult times in your life and you're tired and you're weary and you don't know exactly why God allows you to go through things in your life and you've got just a little bit of faith. But guess what? MVP, Dad, you bring your little faith to the foot of the altar today and you cry out to God and say, God, I'm a man of faith and I've got a little faith and God will take that little faith and he'll move mountains in your life. He'll inspire you, empower you, and give you the strength to move forward to see the great things that God has for your life. Somebody help me out and say amen. And so in a few moments, I'm going to ask you to come and bring your little bit of faith. And God's going to take that little bit of faith and turn it into something great. But let me give you the last MVP, Dad, as the worship team comes. The last MVP, Dad, is God himself almighty in the Old and New Testament. Now you say, how is God my MVP, Dad? Well, I want you to know that God had a bad day. You say, what do you mean God had a bad day? God had one bad day in the entire universe and beyond. God had one bad day. You say, God doesn't have any bad days. God's perfect. Oh, he is. He's perfect, but he had one bad day. You see, God himself, like Abraham, took his son up the mountain. And God could have sent legions of angels to deliver his son. But God, out of his love for you and I, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. A couple of months ago, I went to Israel, and there were so many things that just totally rocked my world. I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to bring more of you back to Israel with me. But I think one of the things that spoke the loudest to me was when we went to the Garden of Gethsemane. We climbed up the mountain, the Garden of Gethsemane. And what's interesting about the Garden of Gethsemane is it is actually right across. It is looking at the temple. It faces the temple. The Kidron Valley separates the Garden of Gethsemane, and then there is the temple. And Jesus comes into the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Bible says he, he sweats like it is drops of blood. He is anguished. He is feeling for the first time ever a sense of anxiety over what's going to happen. He's going to have to go and die for the sins of the world. And we know history will tell you, legend and tradition will tell you that when people, when Jewish people pray, they pray towards the temple, always towards the temple. And so Jesus now gets on his knees perhaps and he's looking straight at the temple and he sees the smoke from the sacrifices that are going up to the very throne room of God from the priests who are making the sacrifices. And he looks a little bit to the right and he sees where he's going to be crucified. And he cries out, God, 
take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, my Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. And then the Father has to wait. Then the Father has to watch his Son being beaten. Then the Father, I and the Father are one, Jesus said. Then the Father has to watch his Son being mocked, spit upon. He has to watch his Son be beaten with with a cat of nine tails until his flesh is ripped off his body. And then he has to watch his son hanging on the tree. And if that wasn't a bad day, he has to watch his son become sin for mankind. He's got to watch his son take on all the sins of mankind. And he has to hear his son say, My father, why have you forsaken me? I don't know about you. That's a pretty tough day for a dad. But my dad, your dad, he didn't stay the hand of those who would sacrifice Christ for us. He didn't say to the angels, Hold the hand of judgment, of sacrifice. But he went all the way up that mountain, left his son on that mountain to be crucified for your sins and my sin. The powerful thing is this. When Jesus is looking at the temple, when Jesus is praying, Father, not my will, but your will be done. When he's looking at Calvary, he's remembering that many years before Abraham went up the same mountain where the temple is today to sacrifice his son. And yet God allowed him to be sacrificed all the way through for you and I. And so while you're here today, we're going to talk to the dads for five more minutes before we do that. While you're here today, you say, Pastor Steve, I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me. I'm not certain that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Let me tell you, Jesus walked up the mountain. He hung on the cross, and the Father had to watch all of that for one reason, because there is no Father like our Heavenly Father. There is no Father that is filled with more compassion and grace and mercy than our Heavenly Father. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, I want to ask you a question. If you died today, are you certain that you'd go to heaven? You say, Pastor, I'm not certain, and I need a Savior. I need God. I need, I need to put God in the center of my life. I need to ask Christ to forgive me of my sins. He's just a prayer away. He's just a whisper away. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man would open the door, I will come in. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will cover you. I will remove your sin. I will be with you throughout all of eternity. For God so loved the world. The Father so loved the world that he gave his only Son. That whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You say, Pastor, pray for me today. I want God to be the center of my life. Would you raise your hand right now and say, pray for me. God bless you. God bless you, 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 bless you. I want to pray a simple prayer today. 
And at the end of the service, I'm going to be standing right here. And if you raised your hand, I want to shake your hand. I want to pray a blessing over your life. And I want to give you a free gift. I want to give you a book. I want to give you some material to start your spiritual journey. But before we move on, let's pray right now. Would you all pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for going all the way to the cross, dying for me, taking my sin upon yourself to give me eternal life. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior and my Lord. From this day forward, I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some thanks. Let's give the Lord some thanks today. So maybe you're here today, MVP Dad, and you are like Noah. God has given you a task, a job to perform. He's given you a mission to accomplish. And in the midst of it, it's hard. You're weary and tired. And God is saying, listen, get up in the morning and drive another nail through those planks in the ark so that you can be a faithful high priest for your family. Build the ark for your family. Keep on building that ark. Or maybe you're like Abraham. God has asked you to do something that doesn't make a lot of sense to you and sometimes it's so painful. And God is saying, trust me. Trust me one day at a time. Trust me with all your heart. Or maybe you're like that dad who says, man, I'm just so tired. I'm weary, man, from the battle. And I've got just a little faith. But you're willing to take your faith to God. Or just like all of us in this room, you need Abba Father who didn't hold anything back for you to come and wrap his arms around you. I want every father in this place, I want every man in this place to rise to your feet, come to this altar. We're going to pray a prayer right now everywhere. All over this place, come right now. And let's come and bring our faith to the altar. Let's bring our work and our task and our mission to the altar. Let's bring our trusting and our questions and everything that we have before God today and say, yes, God, I want to be an MVP dad and I'm trusting you by faith that you're going to give me the strength to do that. Come on, dads, all over this place, young men, every man in this room, you just come forward right now. We're going to pray for you. Now, listen to me. There have been some pastors who have said, look at me, men, some pastors say, listen, when there's holidays, Mother's Days, Father's Days, don't get so specific. Be more generic because then you won't be able to speak to everybody in the house. And so you got to relate to everybody. Listen to me. I would never pass up this moment every year, at least once a year. I get to pour into the MVPs. I would never pass this up. I, I relish the opportunity. I wait for the opportunity to pour into you because there's a seed of greatness on the inside of every one of you men in this room. And I'm not going to dummy down the message for no one. And I'm not going to make it easy, nor am I going to make you feel bad about the failures in your life. But I'm going to tell you today that if the same God who raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you, and the same God who spoke to Joshua and told him that he would go with him, and the same God that went with Moses, and the same God who raised up feeble, weak people like Gideon, he's with you. And if he's with you, you can do all things through Christ who gives me to you. You can be faithful to the very end. Hallelujah. Faithful. That's what I want. 
when I die, and I'm not counting on doing it today, but when I die, I want my tombstone to say, faithful one day at a time by the grace of God. He made it to the finish line. That's it. So all God's asking you for is faithfulness one day at a time. Hallelujah. Now, if you have a father up here, or you have a husband or a son, I want you to stand. If you have somebody up here, and I want you, if you can, to move out of your seat and just come by them right now. Just stand by them right now. Come on, quickly, come on. And if you can't get to them, that's okay. You just stand in the back, but come on, come on, come on. Come by your man. <laughs> stand by your man. Come on. Praise God. Nothing more beautiful. Nothing more beautiful. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I want to pray. Before we pray for the men, I recognize there's some women in this house. You're single moms. I come from a single parent home. My mom was my dad and my mom. And maybe you're here today and you're tired and weary. And you feel like, man, I just need somebody to come alongside. I want to tell you, I know that this is, may, may seem shallow to you, but it's the truth. It's God's word. God says, I'm the father to the fatherless, and I'm the husband to those that don't have husbands. We're going to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single mom in this room. I pray for every single parent in this room that you would strengthen them. That you would give them, Father God, the power and the strength to know that you're going to give them strength one day at a time. God, I pray, oh God, for those who lost their husband, the widows in the room, God. Lord, for those that lost their fathers and their sons, Lord. God, that you would bless and touch them today, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And now are you ready to pray for the dads? I want everybody to stand to your feet in honor of our MVPs today. And I want you to extend your hand towards these dads right now. And we're going to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these incredible MVP dads, Lord. Lord, I believe this pastor believes in great things for them. Lord, and I'm not about to dummy it down. I'm not about... To, to lower the bar of anticipation and expectation of the great things that they're going to do through their lives, God, because they serve a great, awesome God. And so we pray right now that you bless them. Make your face to shine upon them. Be gracious to them, God. Give them strength, oh God, for the journey, Lord God. Give them faith for the task. Give them peace, Lord to know, Lord God, that you're going to walk with them everywhere they go. And we thank you for that. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Jesus Christ, the Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah.